Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Outkick 360 and the Tennessee Power Hour. Each and every day we dedicate one hour to all things Tennessee sports. Talk balls. Uh, we'll talk, uh, of course, uh, Preds and, and Commodores and much more from time to time. We normally always talk Tennessee Titans football. And that's where we start today as they begin preparations for the Arizona Cardinals. Week one officially kicks off tomorrow. Brady and the Bucks against Dak Prescott, who, by the way, um, is not on the injury report for Dallas as uh, they, they prepare to travel today to Tampa. So he's starting without any complications. Uh, they kick off the season tomorrow night, and then we see the, the Titans uh, take on the Cardinals on Sunday along with a full slate of games. Injury report out for the Titans. A.J. Brown did not practice today, uh, listed with a knee. Now, we don't know you know, knee injury holding him out or him being held out on a Wednesday because of uh, his general knee issue. Two other guys We're limited. We're going to see a ton of this, yes. aren't we? I mean, it, uh, and we always I think did, he'll have a day a week off, yeah, probably. I think so, too. Chris Jackson, hamstring. David Long, hamstring. Both limited today. Um, Daryl Daniels, a tight end with the toe, was limited for the Cardinals. Linebacker Dennis Gardick with a knee was a full participant. So no big injuries on the Arizona side. Paul, uh, Tannehill spoke this morning. Um, I don't know if he was the Tannehill, only. one of the new captains. Okay, uh, so let's go through the captains. Captains are no-brainers and well done by the team who elected the captains. Mike Vrabel has nothing to do with it. Tannehill and Derrick Henry, who's come on as a great leader for this yes. team and I think is very worthy of it. On the defensive side, Kevin Byard, who's a multiple-time captain, along with Jeffrey Simmons. And Brett, really good. and Brett Kern bringing up special teams. I think those are, are excellent choices by the players on this roster. What did Tannehill have to say about uh, preparations for Arizona's defense? Um, he uh, talked a lot about Julio Jones, um, you know, because they're finally out there together. Jones uh, was out there Monday. He's out there today. Um, looks, you know, pretty good from the little bit that we get to see. Talked about, you know, finally lining up a lot of the meeting room discussions that they've had and the talks that they've had. Uh, he watched cut-ups of everything that Julio Jones did the last couple years after the Titans traded for Julio Jones. One of the things he's most impressed with is a guy that size, his ability to transition. So to break down and, and change directions, come back, turn, all of those things. So he's excited to, to work uh, with, with that. We don't know who his right tackle's gonna be. And Mike Vrabel is leaving open this possibility of rotating, which I hate. I hate a major professional sports team not starting one. It goes back to kind of the quarterback feeling. If you don't have one, if you, if you don't have one, if you, if you have three, you don't have one. Well, what Are they gonna, legitimately going to roll through three right tackles they're gonna have a in guy. a professional football game? Uh, what's, what's bizarre about all three of these guys, it's hard to really differentiate what one does well over well, the other. Just pick one then. Yeah, that, I think they're very interchangeable. Um, and also it's going to be their right tackle and then the big tight end lined up next to them. 
for help on the on the outside because Chandler Jones and J.J. Watt moves outside. Which is some. fine. So who has the best hands in that group? I would think Questenberry has the best hands. got the last start. I'm trying not to read into too much into that. Questenberry, um, I think, has the la- most recent catch. Sam Brilo got a lot of work with the starting group. Questenberry is the latest in, right? He was the longest yeah. out. Um, you know, Sam Brilo was ahead of... Uh, Ahead of Questenberry last year, Sembrilo was was Lawan's backup. He came in when Lawan got hurt at left tackle. And where is then he got hurt? Kendall Lamb and all yeah, this. Yeah, Kendall Lamb so seems very much this. third. Dylan Radens is out out of the contention. Um, and the Titans are starting this season, Chad. That, that's well, he's a same? swing guy who might be inactive for this game. And and let's <laughs> let's good. let's go there. Caleb Farley is listed as third string. That might still be a rookie thing. He could play ahead of Breon Borders in depth. But the Titans are starting this season like they've started a lot of of seasons lately. Their top two draft picks are non-factors on opening day. I want to point out Dylan Radens for a moment because. You can sell me on the fact that you want to slow play the right tackle that you draft in the second round for a couple weeks, and then eventually by October, he's the starter. But this guy is not even in the competition, and we're discussing three right tackles who could start he's on fourth. opening day. Fourth, the fourth. And he's not even being considered as a part of that competition. They're not even there putting him in the conversation really to humor him or to humor fans, right? They're not even, I mean, I appreciate the fact they're not faking it, but at the same time, like, usually they you just would fake drafted it. this guy in the second round to replace a guy that was a complete mistake. And, and now, while fine, every team needs a, a strong swing offensive lineman, what they're, what they're saying is he's not worthy of being in the competition with Ty Sambrilo, Kendall Lamb, or David Questenberry, who they don't even know who's I – mean, they may know who's starting. They're not willing to say who's starting at right tackle on Wednesday prior to kickoff. Well, and listen, these are all nice have depth a good pieces. swing tackle guard player that's a second-round pick? Very few, right? I mean, you don't. No, you don't, I, I you agree. Second round picks. I'm with you. Second round picks are not for swing. I, ta- swing also, depth. Guys. Can we go back, Paul? You will remember this better than better than us because you were there when they made this pick. What did John Robinson say about Dylan Radens? Did he not talk about him being a tackle? Yes, they didn't talk guard at all on draft weekend. I don't think. Yeah, he was a left tackle. What is what is not lining up? I don't I don't understand how things can go so quickly go south we, we've talked about des fitzpatrick this that's a separate issue with a guy later in the draft but second round pick now not in the mix at right tackle where there's a clear need and hutton you said there's clearly not someone with a skill set separating themselves that position that's alarming going i mean they're all one. they're I all good back. not great i mean they're just adequate solutions for the job that that dylan radens is supposed to eventually take over but to me, if you've got a guy who's going to eventually be the starter and climb into that role by, I don't know, October, I mean, to me, that's fair uh, to expect that uh, for a first or a second round pick. Um, wouldn't you have him in the mix right now? Farley and Raidens, I wrote this week, are the 13th and 14th first or second round picks by John Robinson, okay? I threw out Jeffrey Simmons because they drafted him knowing Knowing he wasn't playing for a while, right? right? So out of the previous 11, um, I I went back and looked at how many starts they had in the first month of the season. 33%, okay? Now, 
some guys you're not drafting to start. Harold Landry, when they drafted him in the second round, they still had Arakpo and Morgan yep. as their starting outside linebackers. Landry was drafted to be the third outside linebacker and then become a starter the next year. That's fine. But over and over, they have guys who come in who, uh, Evans, when he came in, they, didn't, they weren't loaded at inside linebacker. He was the 22nd or 23rd pick in the draft. They needed help. He hurt his hamstring, but then he was really slow. Remember, Buffalo, I think, was his fifth game up in Buffalo. He was horrific. They are incredibly, exceedingly, it's not just patient. It's fine to be patient. They're just very, like, nonchalant about it. Well, you know, we've got all the time in the world, and when he comes around, a will be around. I don't understand what's wrong when you're a Super Bowl contender with saying, we're a Super Bowl contender, we need a guy like Bud Dupree to come in, and then we need our first two picks to come in and be difference makers early, and those are the things that'll throw us over the top from a division winner to a, a Super Bowl contender. Yeah. They'll be the difference. Instead of saying, we can draft a first-round cornerback who'll be ready in the middle of the season and a, and a swing offensive lineman who maybe will, maybe won't, didn't play football his senior year, He's from a small school, but ultimately he's going to be a good football player. It's just so, it's such a passive mentality to me. Well, and I'll go back to the comparison with the Kansas City Chiefs. That's who you're competing against. They have been the AFC representative in the Super Bowl the last two years. You lost to them two years ago in the AFC Championship game. They drafted Trey Smith in the sixth or seventh sixth. round. He's starting at guard for them, and there's no doubt about it. They found a starter at guard in the sixth round. But even if you, if the, the Titans missed on that, but if the Titans draft Trey Smith before that, that's where you draft a swing tackle guard. Oh, I agree with you. I mean, that, that is yep. fine if that guy comes in a six or seven that I'm picking as a backup. That's an extreme case in Kansas City where he's a starter. But if you're looking for those small little differences in franchises and those that win at the highest level and those that may be close but not quite there, if Kansas City goes on to another Super Bowl this year and wins the AFC for a third straight year, I will point to, of course, Patrick Mahomes, but I'm going to point to little decisions like that, that you bring in a guy in the sixth round who is a starter on day one, and then we'll bring back up Dylan Radens. John Robinson sat there and told everyone he's a tackle. He's going to be a solution at right tackle, and at least in week one, he's a backup guard. Creed Humphrey is their starting center. He was a draft pick. Trey Smith is their starting right guard. He was a draft pick. And um, I think they've got a linebacker. Nick Bolton is maybe their third inside linebacker. He was a draft pick. They wanted to reconstruct their offensive line, and they did so largely through the draft. The Titans wanted to re reconstruct cornerback, and they spent their first round draft pick on a cornerback, and they seem horrified at the idea that the guy would even be mentioned in the conversation about starting. Here's the other thing, and I think the media is compliant on this. When they drafted Caleb Farley, a conversation was about his back. Will he be ready with his back? Now, he was activated one week after camp started, and everybody's like, this is great. He now will have exposure. I know where you're going, and, and this very, is teeing up Chad. Very quickly, then, the conversation turned to, well, he didn't play football last year. He's got a lot of rust to knock off. And after that, very quickly, the media conversation, not the team. This did not come from Mike Vrabel. This did not come from Shane Bowen. This did not come from Anthony Midget. This came from reporters talking and writing, said, 
well, not only did he not play football last year, but he's really only played cornerback for one year. He played in 2019. Before that, he was a receiver. The team wasn't offering this up on draft day, saying this is a slow play guy because between his back surgery, he only played cornerback for a year. When you draft this guy 22nd, there's got to be an expectation that he's going to help you sooner rather than later. He's got the athletic, they've got the athletic traits. He's got the athletic traits and all of that. And they never said, you know what, coming in, we're going to really take our time. This is a project. And now the fans with the Stockholm Syndrome again are kind of saying, I had a couple people tell me, you know, 22 is not really that high. It's not like he was the fifth pick in the draft. For, it's a, it's, I mean, that's, it's, it's not a high pick. It's an extremely important selection for how terrible it's they still were a high pick secondary if line. you win your division you get the 22nd pick in the draft that's sure. a high pick that's well, a that's a resource every first round pick is a high pick and Hutton, the point you're getting to is what did we say last year after that season you have to fix third down defense pass rush two go hand in hand your corners were not good enough your pass rush was not good enough so you have to address in the draft those two spots first and foremost well, they draft Caleb Farley. Well, hey, when healthy, he's a lockdown corner in the NFL. Well, great. So maybe he'll be healthy quickly. Well, your rule and was. And now the conversation's going to go to, well, guys, he's only played corner for a, a couple a year, of years. And it was a year ago. I but don't care. But, but, but in the draft, he was regarded as a top 10 selection if based on talent. So based on talent alone, I'm playing the guy. They, they said whenever he, he, was, uh, he was back to practice, Paul and Vrabel, as he's walking off at the podium that day, said, you know, Caleb's not ready to play. And I, th- I thought, okay, they're going to ease him in. Well, four days after they played in Atlanta where Caleb Farley didn't play, he was padded up practicing against the Bucks, <laughs> And then he played against Tampa. And then he, he finished the preseason against Chicago. So I would be playing him as much as possible if it's the experience that you're worried Here's about. Here's my thing. I, I can understand. Alone, he should be able to go in and, and jump in and play. I can understand Cover. him being behind Christian Fulton, okay? Christian Fulton, I think he's been up and down. A lot of people have given him better reviews than I have. Second round pick from last year deserves a chance You've as well. You've seen a lot more practice than I have. I deserves thought, I a chance okay. as well. If something happens and he's behind Breon Borders at this stage, Breon Borders has had a good camp and everything, but we know his limitations. He's a guy that does exactly what they ask and all of that. He's feisty, he's got a good mentality. He's slow. He's not, he's not fast. He's not nearly as physically gifted as Caleb Farley. If you're going to put Caleb Farley at the beginning of the season healthy behind Breon Borders in a situation in the pecking order, then I really question, like, I mean, are you just going to redshirt people for sections of seasons? Yeah. I, Dylan Radins is, is, is going to be a scratch, and Caleb Farley's going to be behind Breon Borders. I, I don't get, like, why aren't you on the same acceleration program as everybody else in the league? Uh, they, they didn't, you know, they didn't try to redshirt A.J. Brown. The no. dude came in and played well, and they played him and gave him the football. He had a 1,000-yard season. Yeah, two touchdowns in the first I month mean, of his rookies season. Rookies are allowed to come in and produce. This is as much about these guys not coming in and performing well. If they're performing well, they wouldn't be slow playing. Well, here's the other thing, too. Let's take the injury aside. Jeffrey Simmons... When he got healthy quicker than people played thought, great. he came in and played great. He made a play in the San Diego game, You know game, something right? didn't hear about Jeffrey Simmons? Guys, he's got to learn how to play defensive tackle. <laughs> G- give him a break, all right? He's, he's, he came over from offensive tackle. He's got to learn how to play the position. When you draft Jeffrey Simmons, 
they knew they were going after an impact player when healthy. Who slid down the if board because he was hurt. Arguing, I don't, I don't know which is what they said about you Farley. Said the Titans aren't arguing this necessarily, but if media is arguing that, well, you got to give Caleb Farley a chance to learn the position. No. Well, what's no, interesting, you draft a guy there when he's injured because why that's a when healthy, he's he going to be really good. That's a storyline because he looks like someone who hasn't played in two years. He, he's, he's just getting lined up is a challenge at times for him. I was watching him exclusively on a couple drives against the Bears, and he's lined up on the side of a field where there's no receiver to cover. And the coaches are like yelling at him to get his butt over to the far side of the field and cover somebody. Part of me, I've seen steady progress, not as fast as I'd like, but I felt, I wrote this in a mailbag, like I feel a little bit like baptism by fire, the guy. He's got physical gifts. He's got a communicative secondary now with guys who can convey things. And I think if you dropped him in, he'd be all right. Now, Why are they, now I, go, I don't want to take too much away from Fulton. Because you're giving him a baptism by fire. Uh, the, the because whole, one blown assignment could cost you the game. The whole idea that rookie, it's not like, I don't think they have some rule that you're not, you, you, they don't believe that a rookie can come in and immediately play. If that's the case, why are they not slow playing Elijah Molden right now? Well, because he's good. Because he showed up and he played well. He, he looks like a pro. And what they're saying is, is their top two picks aren't playing like pros. Not yet. That, that's what they're telling us based on this depth chart, especially the second rounder. I got this list I want to get to. We'll run through it real quick. I've so the, the, the storyline with Raidens is, oh, small school guy. You know, he's got to develop and prove his worth in, in the trenches in the NFL level. That is no excuse because they drafted him um, in the second round and, and used a high pick on the right tackle. Uh, same goes for Farley. Look, I, you can say that your top two corners are Christian Fulton and, and Jack Rabbit Jenkins, that's, that's fair. I mean, especially if Fulton plays well. Fulton was also a high draft pick. He, he deserves an opportunity to play. But the idea that Farley's not ready to play just can't be an excuse. Let's run down first and second pick. So Isaiah Wilson, obviously no starts in his first month. First month, first quarter of a rookie season. Christian Fulton, no starts. Played 41, 58%, 38% of the snaps and then didn't play. Simmons, we, was, Simmons we know hurt. he was out. Fulton was hurt right. for the majority of the season. Um, A.J. Brown started three, played in the fourth. Uh, Ten catches, 223 yards, two touchdowns, three starts. Um, what are you R running through? What are these stats? Rashad Evans, this is what you did in your first four games. Oh, I got you. I got you. Rashad Evans, two starts. Uh, didn't play in his first game. He was hurt. 32%, 77%, 74%, nine tackles. He wasn't much. Landry didn't start in his first four games, but we said why. They had players in front of him, right? Corey Davis started one game, 66%, 34%, inactive, inactive, got hurt. Seven catches, 73 yards. Adoree Jackson started all four games. This is what you want out of a rookie, right? 19 tackles, 12.7 yards, punt return. He came in for a need position, played the need position right away. Those were some of his best punt returnings, right? He, he went downhill after that. Jack Conklin started his first four games, 100%, 100%, 100%, 96% of the snaps. All pro. Kevin Dodd started one game. You know, we know where it went from there. Uh, Austin Johnson, zero starts. Derrick Henry, one start. I don't know. I, I feel like... They, this is a team that's had need during this period, and their first-round picks haven't 
either been ready or been given a chance. Some of those positions they're addressing for a couple, a year for or down two the down road. the road. When Henry was drafted, they, he was one of three second-round picks that year. It was a luxury pick to have, right. and it's worked out great. But you didn't need like Austin he, Johnson necessarily to come in and play right away. But you did need Jack Conklin, and Jack Conklin did, what yes. as the eighth pick in the draft, yes. what you'd expect. Came in from a big school and plugged into the lineup and played. Plug and play. Yep. But there are teams... Pittsburgh, for, for an example, where people plug and play all the time. All and the time. It's not like some – it's not like this is how it works around the league. It's how it works some places. But I, I don't understand why it works so frequently this way here. Well, I mean, that, that's not to say that, um, you know, they, they haven't had rookie contributors. Well, A.J. Brown's the chief example. I mean, well, that guy came in and did his job. the most recent example here. Yeah. Uh, he and Rashad Weaver. Um, my point is the idea that they're not ready just cannot be an excuse. Well, I don't know if how many snaps not, Weaver's if getting. If it's not injury-related, the idea that Caleb Farley's not ready to play is a worthless excuse I think for him. you mentioned Weaver. I think Weaver's snaps are entirely reliant probably on how much they're ready to go with Bud Dupree. It's tied to Dupree, not tied to Weaver. I'll believe that they're going to play a third outside linebacker significant snaps when I see them do it and when it's not because of the limitations of the first guy and the second guy because they just don't seem willing. For those that think we're being harsh on Raidens, we are because he's a second round pick and the three guys ahead of him, they're going to use a tight end or a running back to help on the right side anyway and they're still not willing to put the rookie in on the right side next to a tight end and with a chip from a running back. And how many are active on Sunday, right? You've got the starting five, the other two from that group, and Aaron Brewer. Eight active, Raidens is a scratch. Yeah, so Raidens isn't active. You're right. You're right. Second round scratch. Chad's going to Blow get another. Top. He's going to get a new phone and then break that. Smashed I'm just only concerned with soccer ties now, boys. That, that's the, that's the your new of the line year. of business. That's it, yep. Coming up. Capture, not kill. We'll explain that that uh, came out of uh, one of the Titans today. We'll discuss that and much more with the Tennessee Titans. First, though, David Reed with the word about Dr. Melissa Toyos and how she can help you look better. That's right. Her husband helps you see better. She helps you look better. How does she do that? By hair restoration. And we're not talking about the old-fashioned strip uh, method where you're left with a Big ugly scar on the back of your head. We're talking about the latest, greatest technology, the smart graph technology. No linear scar. They're taking the individual follicular units and putting them on top of your head. It's your own natural hair growing on top of your head. Natural results. You're in and out of the office in a day. The, the downtime is very minimal and the results speak for themselves. So don't let eyesight or hair growth troubles hold you back. Call 901-800-6638. That's 901-800-6638 to schedule your LASIK or hair restoration consultation today with Toyos Clinic. The Tennessee Power Hour rolls on with OutKick 360 across the OutKick network. Capture, not kill. Paul, which Titans player said this and why? Jeffrey Simmons says that it's the Titans' strategy for Kyler Murray. Uh, and I think it's Vrabel's phrasing. But uh, he, he clearly wants them not to go for any kind of kill shot on Kyler Murray. going to miss. For fear that he's going to, uh, <laughs> you're going to miss and he's going to slip away. You want to create a, uh, put him in a pen, if you will. 
And uh, that makes sense. The other thing that Vrabel said, he started saying this last week, he reiterated it today, having not really studied Kyler Murray because they haven't played him, um, he's surprised by his arm strength. Um, you know, and, and Murray, the reputation that precedes Murray is, is about his slitheriness and his ability to, to escape and get away. Um, and oftentimes guys like that don't have great arms. And uh, he's talked repeatedly about Kyler Murray having a great arm and being able to burn you. Uh, Christian Fulton was talking today about having to stay in coverage forever uh, and not stop. And um, that, that's a, a challenge for the Titans. So the front's got to capture, and the back end's got to cover, sustain cover. Well, and that's tough to do with many NFL wide receivers, <laughs> but especially DeAndre Hopkins, who can make you look foolish even in great coverage. Yeah, and he's done it to a lot of Titans cornerbacks yeah. for a long time playing for the Texans. Um, and Vrabel said, you know, he actually – kind of likes it when the coverage is tighter and he's made a lot of catches we've seen a lot of them firsthand against super tight coverage i mean jason mccourty i can remember being you know Uh, right 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 uh logan ryan logan ryan same thing where you you feel like you're doing a superb coverage job and it just amounts to nothing because the guy will make catches against you over and over. And uh, I've made the mistake, quite frankly, of starting to think that deandre hopkins is getting a little bit old um but uh I don't think that uh, his skills are diminishing to a degree where you can get away with with much against him if if you're letting him have any kind of space. I think that's got to be the biggest fear factor for Titans fans going into this game is the history with DeAndre Hopkins. And going into any game against him brings back such bad memories uh, for Titans fans. I, I know Kyler Murray is different to prepare for for a defense because... We talked about it with Gardner Minshew, and I'm not comparing Murray to Minshew. He's much better. Murray is. But just the off-schedule stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, the fact that he can slither away and be in a spot you're not expecting and can burn you that way. And he can get going fast quickly. You know, he takes off. His acceleration speed is very fast when he takes off and runs. But the guy that I keep thinking about in this matchup is Hopkins. And that's because the history, not just with Hopkins, gets the Titans. Hopkins in the league and how he can turn a game. I'm not uh, uh, as big on Arizona as a lot of people are, but I, I feel like they're very dangerous for this I team I feel like I'm higher weekend. than most on <clears throat> Arizona. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I just – look, I – They've I, had a lot of old pieces, and that, that yes, always scares they, me they when have, you're adding green and Watt, guys who are way closer to the end than the, than yeah, the but beginning they're, they're and, old, it, and prone to breaking down. But they're, they have also a lot of youth and speed on defense. Uh, Chandler I'm, Jones, certainly. I, Chandler Jones, um, Isaiah Simmons in year two, Zaven Collins is going to be used primarily behind the ball, but again, um, uh, big in the run game and, and, and effective against the, the pass over the middle. Um, losing Malcolm Butler is going to really hurt them because they're going to have to slide in a fourth-round rookie to work in coverage against the Titans. Uh, but this is a, the reason why I'm high on Arizona this year um, – it's not that I love Cliff Kingsbury as a coach or that I love uh, Kyler Murray as a quarterback all that much. I just think going into year three, they're returning uh, a nucleus and a core of that group where in a, in a year where teams had to turn over a lot of talent due to the salary cap, they're returning practically everybody they had last year. And with everybody healthy and with some additions uh, that they've made, they should be a lot better than they were a year ago just based on familiarity and scheme. If it's not working this year for Cliff Kingsbury, I don't know if it's going to. 
uh, where do you, with, with the, the marriage uh, with him and, and Murray, I'm saying. Where do you put him in the division? The division's tough. Um, that, that's why I'm not that the, big. The division's him. tough. I just that, think it's a really good division. Because I, yeah. they could be the fourth place team in the division still. I mean, I like the Rams a well, lot, but and I like the 49ers a lot. I don't love the Seahawks. division the win the NFC East. <laughs> right. So they're not a bad team. Right. They're just in a really no. tough division. But you're not a playoff team if you're third place. But again, tough you're a playoff and, team in another division. Oh, yeah. Right. Is but my point. They, they, they should, and it, it, again, this is all, you know, hindsight 2020. They were a playoff team midway through of last yeah, season, and then completely it, things went off the rails. Um, they they went on a losing that. skid. They, but they were playing well to begin. If they come out of the chute firing on all cylinders like they did a year ago and build up some wins, they're good enough with some pieces that they've added. It's just, look, it's an extremely difficult division. It might be the best division in football. Um, it probably is. Rams. Yeah, it's great. Very, I mean, a lot of people are very high on the Rams, me yep. included. 49ers, Shanahan and who knows is what, really good. I'm not as high on the Seahawks as, as a lot of people. I'm not as high on the Cardinals, but still – I think it's a loaded division. Paul, just face it. You hate the West. <laughs> what I'm seeing here is a West I, bias. I, I'm about the East. You hate the West. Yeah. Well, the, I, the, I don't like the NFC no, East I either. <laughs> I don't like the NFC East. Give me really, one team out West you do like. 40. I like the Rams. Okay, there I you like go. the Rams the 49ers a lot. The are They're a really intriguing case this year because they've got Jimmy Garoppolo, who was named a team captain, by the way. Yeah, that's tough. And they just traded up to draft Trey Lance. Remember old Marcus Mariota wandering out there for the, sure. for the coin toss? Sure. I felt like he, uh, I, I know it's not, you can't do it, but I feel like you need to renounce it almost. <laughs> like when Garoppolo loses that job, it, it's automatically awkward. Um, and it, and it, he will. He will lose that job uh, to Trey Lance. You've got to elect him captain like with an asterisk. We want you to be our captain as long as you're playing. But when you're not playing, we really don't feel like it's in the best interest. Christian Fulton, uh, let's bring him up again because he was discussing the mentality and the, the drive of the secondary. Uh, and he was referencing last year. Look, I haven't transcribed it, but he was talking about the competitiveness of this year's secondary and how healthy it's been for the group. And paraphrasing, he said something like, some guys just didn't push as hard last year. He's talking about them having established roles. The alarm bell that went off in my head was Adoree Jackson. Now, Adoree Jackson got hurt during training camp, um, but then, you know, he didn't push as hard coming back. Certainly, there was a lot of debate about his readiness, the team thinking he was ready, him thinking he wasn't ready, he didn't come back until three games out. I don't know. Uh, Jonathan Joseph could have been in play there too, um, given the job instead of earning it. Uh, certainly didn't earn it with the, the way he played in the games that he played in. Um, yeah, I don't think Fulton was was pulling out a knife there, going after people. It's not his style. Certainly not the style of a second year soft spoken Titan by any means. But well, I, I thought there was something in there. It, something. I mean, he's got to include himself in that answer. He played in six games last year, Christian Fulton. But yeah, and four of them were early. I mean, it's not his fault he got hurt, but I mean, Adoree was also legitimately hurt. Yeah, at least for for a, a segment I mean, of that turn. I mean, maybe, maybe that's him saying that he uh, should have been playing. <laughs> it would, would have been no, different with him. He's saying that that others from last year's secondary didn't push hard enough to get back. Oh. Well, he's saying and what I took it as him saying was they weren't pushing 
as hard as they could have to to get better or or grow because they were established in their yeah, position. He's talking about a Jackson. They weren't competitive. Definitely. But he's not but he wasn't even on the field. Yeah. Well, I think he's excusing himself. <laughs> he's saying because guess, he was hurt. I guess the line is I was actually injured. Yeah. And other people weren't as injured and could have been back quicker. Perhaps. It was a curious comment that, that caught my attention. Well, I applaud him for saying something. Yes. There, there is an expectation that this secondary is drastically improved. Can we say that right now? I, I, look, the, I, I, the expectation to me is a little bit stunning. And the expectations for defense are a little bit stunning. I got to see it in a real game. This team hasn't rushed the passer well in some time. Where are Bud they, Dupree is good. What but have they I improved need to on see the most defensively? The people have asked me that. Or is it in the second? People have asked me that, and I, it's a cop out to say I don't know. Well, both are assumptions. But I, I got to see something from somebody before I, I can say. Both are assumptions. We haven't I mean, seen uh, we haven't seen Dupree, Dupree. on the field right. yet. So I can't tell you how he well, affects the passers. Look, Simmons is... Uh, hang on. Look, but, uh, Dupree and Autry are proven commodities. Yes. Okay? We haven't in the seen secondary, either, but we know they're better right. at the wide receiver. Right. So I, I'll give you that. Dupree and Autry are proven commodities who can rush the passer better than anything they had on the field last year. The front four in nickel, Dupree, Landry, Autry, Simmons, should be able to rush the passer. Okay? We know more about that than we know about the secondary. So much so, of this hinges on Christian Fulton has got to be really good, if that's going to be the I, case. I can't buy that yet. Jackrabbit Jenkins, Malcolm Butler, that switch. Jackrabbit Jenkins upgrade? is 32 going on 33. Again, is that a big upgrade, though? Age aside? I'd rather year? have Malcolm Butler than Jackrabbit Jenkins. Okay, so Am I alone in there? No, I think the I Titans mean, we, would, too, but they couldn't. When they right. drafted. But, uh, so you'd well, rather have what all, they had. Didn't we all sit there and say when they drafted Caleb Farley? Boy, Caleb Farley needs to be available quickly. If that secondary is really going to be improved this year, yeah. If you're going to use uh, the now, first I'll take Molden over yeah. anything when they had Kalen at nickel Eagle last year. was drafted, we were discussing him matching up against the top wide receivers in the, in the NFL, league. and he was saying, "Bring it on!" Like the, the expectation and I rebuke is you in the name of Jesus. What's that? And I rebuke you in the I rebuke that in oh, the name yeah, of Jesus. Oh yeah, the availability of, of training camp. Again, which I, one I, week I off. mean, yeah. you want to talk about believe it when you see it. They better go out and prove it. I don't see anything on paper. That shows me they're a lot better in the secondary, other than the law of averages stating, well, you can't be any right. worse than they were a year ago. They've and maybe got that's the case. law of averages and new blood, and you they got really rid of like Elijah Molden. Yeah, Elijah Molden. They got rid of some guys who just were. Look, Wyatt, Wyatt Ray ain't walking through that door this time around, right? And Jonathan Joseph was gotten rid of, and, and we're not counting on Clowney's magic that, that we can't, like you, you long maintain, Chad, that we're not smart enough to but When did to Jonathan see. Joseph retire last year? Well, he didn't retire. He after was kicked off month. after about seven games. Yeah, but that's yeah. my point. That defense didn't get any better even when Jonathan Joseph wasn't there. Well, because they didn't Playing have any alternatives. Yards off well, the personnel was thin. Yeah. This personnel isn't as thin. They have more depth. They have more well, options. But we need news. to see the guys who are out there do it. Yeah. And yeah. I, can't, I can't say it's better until I see it better. Now, is the construct better? I think the personnel is better. I think the construct is better. I think the Bowen stuff is better. Yes. All right. All of that stuff is better, but you still got to go out and do it. And just, until they go out and do it, I'm not going to pronounce it fixed. Well, I, I'm comparing groups here. I'm, I'm not. I, I realize that the pass rush has a lot to do with the coverage and vice right. versa. Um, but the, 
they are better than where they ended last year, solely based can't help solely based on who they're playing. You know, Breon Borders is a good backup corner, and he's option. gotten better. He's better he's than a he was good last backup year. corner option. He was a starting option for them last year. They don't have uh, Ty Smith. That's good. Uh, Kareem Orr isn't on and off this roster. That's great. Right. Uh, so depth-wise, they're better. They have youth and, and speed uh, at the top of their depth chart. The question is... Hooker's better than Vaccaro was at the end of last year. That's another upgrade, I so, think. He's a better player right now than Vaccaro was at the end. Not than Vaccaro was in his prime. I guess, I guess the question is, Chad, it's not if they are improved over last year. The answer is yes, because to your point, they can't get worse than where they ended up. But the question is, is it enough? Have they, will the improvement be enough? Because it, 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 and it's all paired together. You know, every level has to play as a group. But the secondary could not cover last, last year. Could, could not cover Couldn't a three-man route. And here's the thing. So, They're talking about getting up in people's faces. But when it's third and four and you've been beaten a couple times, are you going to stay up in that guy's face? Because they've talked about it before. I'm not talking about last year. Let's set last right. year aside. Go ahead. Historically, they've talked about it. Historically, it's been an issue that fans talk about on Twitter all the time, every Sunday. Why is this guy lined up eight yards off on third and four, where the guy has to take two steps and turn around and he's at the sticks open for a quick, quick pass? This has been a thing. So they've talked about it and talked about it. Mm -hmm. Are we going to see it? Is, it? is the defender going to be at four yards on third and four? Or is he going to be at eight yards counting on closing to four yards, which has been proven doesn't really work? Eric in the YouTube chat says, week eight is when a rookie has had enough practice to not make rookie mistakes. Rookie corners, save Marshawn Lattimore, aren't really good. Ramsey might have been another one. That is okay. He also said Farley has shown promise Raiden's looked flat, but in games wasn't terrible. That's nonsense. Terrible is Jeremiah Potassi. Raiden's is better than him, but he's not effective. I think, Dallas. I think Farley will get better quickly. How many, how many uh, entries did he have to do to write all that? Listen, <laughs> on draft well, I day. Read, I, I screwed up reading them in reverse because I was ready to read one, and then he wrote something else underneath that, so I read the he's second He's wrong one. about corner. Corner is one of the easier positions to play. You know why? Mike Vrabel said it on draft day. He can play cat coverage. You cover that cat. That, right? That's what you're talking about. I'm covering one of the best, best receivers in the league. You are athletically gifted. We'll get you technically sound. You go cover that cat. You go cover DeAndre Hopkins. That's what they were talking about him like before people started unearthing. Well, he hadn't played, didn't play ball since 2019. Oh, in 2019, in 2018, he was a receiver providing the Titans well, with more excuses. In a game against the Bears... Somehow he doesn't know to go cover someone on the and other that, side when there's no one on the other side. And that could be a total miscommunication on Could have been everyone. somebody else's fault. I, it, I don't know. know what happened in the huddle there. He broke the huddle, and he was Went lined up for 10 seconds on the opposite side of the field, and there was uh, a the diamond course. formation on the far side. And coaches are like, they could have called a timeout. They didn't. It's preseason. You know, they, <laughs> they want to get to the house, too. We're okay with the but bus. But they're like, get, get over to your side of the field and cover somebody. You know, then the safety, um, and maybe McDougald was helping him get lined Look, up. Look, I'll allow, I'll for, allow for a certain degree of rookie, um, 
rookie mistakes, a certain degree. No, and, and, and the, the cornerback position is going to come with his fair share of bad beats. I you mean, got to have a short memory. I mean, that's yeah. everybody I'm, knows I'm not, that. Poland's going to get him, too. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm not saying it's got to be perfect here, but, uh, I mean, uh, a down-in, down-out contributor can be, should be expected. No, and I, I'm going to go on the record here. I think Caleb Farley's going to be a good player. I still do. I mean, the guy is really physically gifted. Really yes. physically gifted. Yes. With the speed and the size, size the, the, the length. Height. Yeah. Yes. I mean, it, not too many corners in the league have the qualities that he has on paper and the ability that he has, and he's shown uh, both in training camp and previously at Virginia Tech. There haven't been a lot of guys walking around over Metro Center that look like that at that position. Uh, I mean, you're right. And those dudes play quickly. You don't sit and watch. You put them on the field because they're better than the slow vets that you ended with last year. Well, I think he's got a – I'm being funny here. I think he's got a little bit of a benefit in that he'll be in uniform while Raiden's is uh, in, <laughs> wearing jeans or shorts. Cargo shorts? Uh, Chad, pick an outfit for Raiden's. Um, he seems North Dakota State cargo Backw- short guy. Backward visor? He seems like a guy in My cargo kind of guy. shorts out Backward there. visor? <laughs> The cargo shorts that are about 15 sizes too, too big, big for a man. They look like size. pants. David Reed's kind of guy. Yeah. Backward visor. I mean, look, it's a utility fit, right? I mean, in case you've got to put a hammer in there or something, he's good to go. I think backward, upside-down visor. All right, what about a jean jacket? If you say that, then no. you're speaking Jacob Swanson's language. Yeah, it's not cold enough for a jean jacket. <laughs> it's going to be 88, I think. We'll wrap up Outkick 360 straight ahead. Hang with us across the Outkick network. Wrapping up another fun show here at 6th and Peabody, downtown Nashville with Yeehaw Beer, Old Smoky Moonshine, alongside Chad Withrow and Paul Koharski. I'm Jonathan Hutton. Uh, tonight, the Outkick 360 Fantasy Football League draft in a mere matter of hours. $1,000 in my pocket. We got some people tailgating out there for the fantasy draft tonight, I saw yep. a second ago. Yep. Looks good. We got daddy's dogs here. Good hot dog with a tailgate. People are getting ready for it. They're excited. Uh, that's good. That's good. I need, Chad. I need uh, 11 people. 10. One's allowed the remote draft. They better all be here. They'll be here. They'll be here. If not, we got a standby on the way. He's got a boat. If not, Poland's coming after I hope he pulls the boat in. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Uh, we'll draft in the boat. What did – yeah, that's our live draft area. What did Heupel have to say at the SEC teleconference? So um, we talked to Joe Milton about this a little bit, but Heupel said it after the game and he, re- he reiterated it. When talking about the passing game and some of the woes against Bowling Green, he said Bowling Green was doing something different than what they were planning on based on film study and that they didn't do a good enough job making the adjustment, not rolling his quarterback you know, under the bus on it, but that Joe Milton maybe was expecting one thing, got another one, and didn't adjust all that well. Hutton, we asked Joe Milton about that, and he, he acted like, oh, no, they, they did exactly what we planned for in, uh, on film. Um, A lot of concern about the passing game with Tennessee. I went back and watched the game. The thing that really jumped out to me the most that I think I have an issue with now watching it, at first it was the overthrows on some guys who were open. I'm less concerned with that. I think that's a little bit of being too pumped up on a couple of them. I'm more concerned with not seeing wide open guys because there were three times I counted twice where Princeton Fant is running wide open down the middle of the field and Bowling Green has a bust and no one is covering him, and he is only looking to the outside. You'll see Milton get it, turn, look to his primary receiver, and then turn to the opposite side of the field, and he's only looking on the perimeter. 
and didn't look at the guy in the middle of the field, that's an issue that needs to be corrected. Some of these things will get better with time. There were the drops by Hyatt that would have been big plays in the game also. Um, But that was a a big point with Josh Heupel. And I think more than anything, what they talked about is how fun of a matchup this is with an offensive-minded head coach versus the defensive-minded head coach because Pat Narduzzi's made his living on making life hell for quarterbacks, and he is going to be very aggressive. Joe Milton is going to have a ton of chances to take deep shots in this game because it is going to be single coverage on the outside. Pat Narduzzi is going to bring it. If he can get rid of the football, he's going to have a chance to make some plays down the field. That's going to be a big point in this one. I wonder how effectively they can run it against Pittsburgh's defense. Yeah, that's... Because that opens up some things for you. Well, and there's... uh, With Tyon Evans and Jabari Small, Tennessee's got two very capable backs. They both went over 100 yards, first time since 2015 that that's happened in a game for Tennessee. Whether you've had two? Two players. Yeah, but in that case, it was Josh Dobbs and John Kelly that went over 100 yards in the game. These were actually two running backs going over 100 yards. Um, This is a prove-it game because this is a legitimate opponent. This is a legitimate defense. They lost two All-Americans, one of them here in Nashville now, and Rashad Weaver on defense. They've got another potential All-American in the middle of their defensive line. Their best rush end is questionable. I know he's not in the injury report this week, but they're still debatable about whether or not he's going to play. He missed the first game. Either way, this is a defense that is going to look a lot like some of the SEC defenses that Tennessee will face. Brent Hub said this to us, and he's right. It's all about first down. You've got to get something on first down. Incomplete pass. You get stuff for a loss on first down in this offense. It can make for a very quick three and out when you're committed to snapping the ball every 10 seconds the way Tennessee is. What is your early feeling? I mean, I, we talked about it yesterday. Right now, I would just side with the six-year senior quarterback over the guy who's been here since August, right? I mean, I think Kenny Pickett and Pitt, they're set up to have more success with what they do offensively than Joe Milton, who just hasn't had a lot of time in the offense and how fast Tennessee's going to play. I mean, I think on paper, there's not a big difference talent-wise between these two. You know, a lot's made about all that. Tennessee doesn't have a lot of depth, but top-end talent – they're probably just as talented, if not more talented, than Pitt. Pitt's just had a coach for a while. They've got a better system that's been in place longer. And, again, they've got a 60-year quarterback who may end up being an NFL draft pick. Guys, fantasy draft tonight. Who has well, the first pick, Paul? Uh, you know? I do not know off the top of my head. I you think told me I'm drafting Chad in the middle of the pack. third. I am sixth, and you are oh, uh, maybe 11th? Yeah, something like that. I'm, uh, I'm excited to be in the middle. taking the first uh, wide receiver. <laughs> at 11? Yeah, I guess. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think who would be there running back-wise Yeah, at 11. Uh, the first one we had, running backs went like crazy. So yeah. I'm hoping this is not as much as that. So we'll see. I would love to see Jacob Swanson in a fantasy draft, to see his approach, the way he approaches FanDuel. Like, with the, the, the analytics of it. I how feel like Jacob would drop like this, like he would be on his feet the whole time. <laughs> right? Isn't this how you would draft Jacob? Like kind of moving around like that? Very fidgety? Fidgety. Yeah. <laughs> He's the least fidgety guy I know, Jacob Swanson. We're, very calm. Yeah, very calm. I think it would be Cool like and collected. Some would argue almost too calm at times. Yeah. When, when, in a when, scary way? Well, when the, when the situation calls for him to be fidgety, sometimes he's not. Yeah. You know, it's still a little bit too calm for my liking at times. And I'm like, let's, let's maybe get a little urgency in our movement with it. How's the notepad coming? Did you get the notepad? We've suggested a notepad a few days in a row for Jacob, and I don't think he's... No, he's not doing it. He's not, he's not into it. 
He's like, he's like the waiter. No, I got your, your 12, order yeah. of 12. Oh, you wanted ranch with that? Sure, yeah, yeah. I'll remember that. All right. <laughs> no ketchup? Sure. Yeah. Here's what we hope you remember. Light We're ice? live each and every day, 2 o'clock Central, 3 o'clock Eastern. We go live at YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, uh, wherever you download your podcast, you can find us after the show as well. We appreciate you joining us. Back at it tomorrow for Outkick 360. Good draft. Damn the polls. Damn the polls. <laughs> Don't block the box. Do lock the locks. Hey, it's Jonathan Hutton. Thanks for listening to Outkick 360. Be sure to subscribe to the show to have the latest podcast delivered to you each and every day. And give us five stars. It helps us grow our network and provide you with more great podcasts like this one.